All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, the Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Golden. I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, what an exciting week of football we had this past Sunday. Uh, definitely been the season to remember. Uh, tons of highs, tons of highs throughout the entire season, giving us a lot to look forward to, lots of hope in the future. Um it seems like every every question we needed answered uh, this season has been answered specifically this Sunday, uh, knowing exactly where we need to be uh, and who's going to be there. And uh, it's been it's been a whirlwind of emotions for me over the last uh, thirteen games. And I, I you know I really just hope that these next four games go by really slow. Um, I, I don't want the season to end. This has been probably one of the most memorable. Houston Texans seasons uh, I, I've seen and witnessed and um, just truly excited to be able to say that we're a part of what they're doing on the field and really excited to break down this game Sunday um, as I totally even forgot who they played uh, the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for a second there you had me and I mean I dude I was so sick like honestly I didn't even watch the first half like I wasn't on purpose that I was trying to skip the first half. I was just so sick that I slept through it. I woke up and all of a sudden Twitter was happy. Davis Mills apparently was doing well. Like the game was competitive. And I started watching, of course, the second half. And I'm like, maybe I should just go back to sleep because I didn't bring them any luck whatsoever. Yeah, I um, I missed I missed the first quarter and a half because i had to go to the airport twice to pick up uh two cars that were being rented out at, at the time so i like it literally was the worst i wasn't able to see it so i missed the highs uh and only was involved in the lows which is a very very um t- you know it ties very well into the season and what we've experienced in general so uh it kind of just went with it um yeah i mean I, I went back and watched davis mills looked good in the first half um that's probably about it. Brandon Cooks did Brandon Cooks things. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Jonathan Grenard flashed again at certain times. Uh, Gruger Hill got hurt. Uh, Garrett Wallow looks to be coming along. I'll tell you this: the the one thing, and I totally understand, like this, like the 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 just being it's hard for people to hop in on the franchise and where it's going and Nick Casario. And yeah, he had some picks or some trades that didn't work out. And I think a lot of people are down on Nick Casario right now, but I'll tell you what, for a guy that came in and only had third round picks and on, he seemed to have drafted pretty damn well. If yeah. you just if, if that's the only thing you look at, if if we could take one positive away, it looks like Nick knows how to draft and evaluate talent. Maybe. Um, I mean, it's it looks pretty good so far. Um, I mean, Nico Collins looks like he's he's beginning to click. Um, I mean, Brevin Jordan is third on the rookie tight end or rookie um, Texans uh, touchdowns and he's played half the games. Wallow flashed a little bit. Of course, Roy Lopez has been really 
good pretty consistently. I mean, right now, the one draft pick that you're kind of like, eh, about is still Davis Mills because he was the first one. And, I mean, all things considering, like, I mean, I think Davis Mills is going to end up being a pretty good backup. I wouldn't say, I'm still not sold on him necessarily being the guy, but I'm also not sold on it. Like, he should have, he definitely should have played more. And our play calling hasn't done him any favors. But at this point, it's like the one guy that you're kind of questionable about is the quarterback, which is always the hardest one to get right anyways. So I don't quite get this thing with everybody being out on Nick Casario. Like this was a no win season. Like there was no way, like he didn't know if he was going to have a quarterback. He didn't know if he, he came in and originally started operating like Deshaun was going to be here. And then, you know, everything kind of happened and they gave up on that, but half the off season was already done. Now there's a lot of things that I probably would have done different. But, I mean, they had a plan, and whether or not it was the right plan, he's stuck through it for this year, and he's beginning to hint in his conferences, well, next year they're going to try things a little bit differently. Like, next year, I think, is this offseason's when they're going to start to get more aggressive about being young, especially since they've kind of just sorted out what they actually have this year. I think I don't think I can say that anything about Mills, to be honest with you. I can't say he's going to be a backup. I can't say he'll be the starter. I can't say um, that he's been great. I can't say that he's been consistently good. What The one consistent thing I can say is that the coaching staff as a whole has truly just let down Davis Mills in every possible way that you could let down a rookie quarterback. Um, the run game is atrocious. The run blocking is atrocious. At times, the pass protection is atrocious. Uh, play calling after the first quarter of every game just goes away and is atrocious. Uh, I don't know what the tally is so far for screens this year, but it, it continues to just go up and up and up every week. Um yeah, I, you know, I, because of the situation, I don't know what you can really say about Mills. I'm not going to be one of those guys that, like, looks at the just the the stats and be like, okay, he threw for 312 yards. Like, he must be pretty good. No, that, that really doesn't equate for me. I will say the one game that gave me more hope was the Patriots game. Because of who they were playing, because of that defense, because Bill Belichick has – a reputation of not letting rookie quarterbacks do anything. And if you just look and see the rookies that he's played this season, Davis Mills is the only quarterback to really throw the ball all over him. Um, so I would say that, you know, then he, then he had the Buffalo game. So then, you know, and, and, or I mean, I think the Buffalo game was before the Patriots, but either way, right. He's had some before. stinkers in there. So it's just like, I don't know where to go. Like, I, how can he be consistent? when the play calling is so atrocious and how can he be consistent when he really doesn't, I mean, he literally has zero, like there's no support for Davis mills whatsoever. So I don't know how we could expect anything until we have good play calling and better coaching. And that's not going to happen this season. So, um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I know I've seen, I've seen more good than bad. I think that's I mean, fair. 
Yeah. I mean, considering, again, you've, considering you've he's a third it. round rookie, right? Yeah. Like I think that, that, that has to be attributed into the conversation, right? We're not talking about a first round pick. We're literally talking about a hail Mary of a third round rookie. And he has played much better than I think anybody would have anticipated him to play. And his highs have been higher than I would ever have expected them to be. Yeah. And it's, again, it goes back to he's doing it with zero support. Right. I mean, our best tackle this year was playing guard for most of the season. Titus Howard has now actually played tackle better than any other player, including Tunsil, on the roster this year. However, you kind of take a look at our, our guard play, even without Howard there, and our guard play is just so atrocious. Like, how can a team be so bad at finding guards? That it just leaves you scratching your head. Um, ultra tough scene just nails the next thing I was going to say. The only help that he's had has been Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks has been beyond solid. The only I consistent mean, thing, right? Yeah. Like week to week, the only consistent thing he's had is Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And at least he knows. And if nothing else, I will give Davis Mills credit. He knows how to throw it to Brandon Cooks, he knows how to throw it to his number one receiver, which Tyrod, for whatever reason, when he came back from injury, just could no longer do. Now, Nico has flashed. Brevin Jordan has flashed. We had the one game where, um, shoot, now I'm forgetting his name, <laughs> the Patriots game. Um, the receiver, practice squad receiver, got moved oh, out Chris Moore. Baltimore. Chris Moore, yeah. Um, Chris Moore, he had, he's had a good game, but our, honestly, our skill players, few and far between have had good games and the leading rusher on our, for the Texans this year is still Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. Yep. So again, it's very, very hard to make any sort of concrete conclusions about Davis Mills. Other than the fact that when you watch the tape on him is he doesn't have a single elite trait, but he does seem to have a bunch of things that are above average. Now you can do things when you have a bunch of things that are above average and you can be consistent. You can be successful with that, but he doesn't have anything that just absolutely stands out that this kid's got tools to be an elite quarterback, but he really doesn't have anything that just absolutely sinks him at this point. Sometimes he flashes with pocket awareness where it's like, okay, maybe that's his skill. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he flashes with accuracy, and then it goes away. And the thing that he was best at in college was throwing the seam routes. And we don't throw seam routes. We don't run. We don't even run the route. Like that's his strongest route from his college tape. And the Texans don't even have that in his play in their playbook. So we also we we talk about his lack of weapons and his play calling. But I mean that's just that's another level of it. When you take something that he was really good at college and you don't even integrate it into your plan. Like he's just absolutely been felt. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I guess that's kind of why it's like, I, I can't, I can't be one of the guys that's he's this, he's that. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think there's enough out there for us to have any opinion. And if the Texans move on from the coaching staff and bring in a new coaching staff and don't take, you know, Pickett or Coral or, you know, whoever, whoever else it may be that they're looking at at quarterback, 
I mean, it's pretty clear. There's no reason or way that we're going to take a quarterback at two or three. Okay. Like, I can't see it. So. That's what you would think. I mean, I would never put anything above this coaching staff. <laughs> and I, I'm, honestly, I'm looking at the GM in general. I'm not worried yeah, about the coaching staff. Or I'm sorry. I wouldn't put anything above the Texans. I still do believe that. Matt Corral and um, and Pickett, they're going to start making their way up the board. Yep. And there's a very good chance that they're going to be one and two. People are going to start falling in love with them. I mean, you just see what everybody's saying about Pickett currently. He's the good Johnny Manziel. Um, and then Matt Corral, is it is it Coral Corral? I, I have no idea. I mean, he's got all the physical talent, and he had a great, great season. So, yeah, it's very, very likely that those are the two guys that are going to end up being one and two. Things may change still. They always do. But do you feel from the little that you've watched that either one of them is necessarily better than Mills? Like, that guy's a slam dunk better? I think um, I've watched more Kenny Pickett than I have Coral. I like Pickett a lot. Um I think his ceiling's pretty high, but at the end of the day, I don't have any faith that if this coaching staff is here, it matters who's at quarterback. So um, my judgment is somewhat clouded because if it's Coley and Kelly and Pep and everybody else, I don't really, it, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. Honestly, if Deshaun Watson was at quarterback, I don't, I, I you know, people say, oh, the season would be different. I don't know if it would be. I mean, if Deshaun's at quarterback, we are we're a bottom tier playoff team. Oh no! If he's, a, if he's able to do what he, if he's able to do what he did last year, we were four and twelve. Yeah, but him put up the same sort of numbers he did. Um, essentially, somehow convinced Tim Kelly to abandon the running game. Then, yeah, we're a bottom tier. I still think that with Deshaun, because. Um, with Deshaun, first off, I almost hate saying this with everything being considering, but watching Tim Kelly's play calling this year, Deshaun's a better quarterback than we, than we realize it's, it does really suck. Like he is going to, it really does suck. Just an absolute tragedy. Um, one of probably one of his own making, but it's an absolute tragedy. Like he is a much in my mind, my appreciation for his skill as a quarterback has actually gone up because our play calling with Tim Kelly without him is so bad. I mean, now, Tim however, Kelly is Bill O'Brien. Yeah. But Tim Kelly's like the, uh, he's the recycled watered down version of Bill O'Brien. Cause Bill O'Brien could even flash moments of being like getting in rhythm as a play caller. Tim Kelly doesn't have that at all. Now, Honestly, absolutely believe it. With Deshaun, we are a bottom bottom tier playoff team, but it's that same sort of like meh feeling that you would have watching the Texans. Like we'd probably have a couple of exciting wins, like skin of our teeth type things. This defense is playing way over their head, especially when they're getting turnovers. Like they they're really good. When they're not getting turnovers, they they fall back to earth. So it's one of those where, yeah. A competent quarterback 
would have changed the season, but it's not enough to drastically change it where we are all of a sudden going to be a AFC championship caliber team. Now saying that, I don't think Corral or, or Pickett or is that level of quarterback either. And honestly, I think that it, that the point you were trying to make is the rest of the team needs to be built up before they even really start worrying about a quarterback. I actually think that's the way to go. Just let Davis Mills be almost the stopgap quarterback, build up the talent around him. Because this draft, we should have quite a few picks. Next year, it's better quarterback class. You get two, you'll probably end up with two and a half years of Davis Mills starting, like one year next year where there's just not another quarterback on the roster. Year after that, whatever rookie quarterback they get will probably have to sit. We'll, they'll probably sit them because, of course, they would. But that would also give time for talent that they brought in to hopefully mature. Because right now, there's just not a lot. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, when we just look at all of this as a whole, there's nothing outside of the draft next year to really look forward to if the coaching staff is still here. Nothing. Yeah. There's no. nothing. Um, You're not wrong. I mean, the only hope of having the draft or looking forward for the draft next year is we'll have hope to watch those guys develop. We'll have rookie players that we're excited to see how they turn out. We'll have rookie, we'll hopefully have at least a couple of first, first round picks that we'll be like, okay, let's see what we have here. That's what we'll have next year. We don't really even have that. We don't really have that this year. Yeah, what the what is this? This no way home tra- uh, leaks? No, dude. What are you doing? How do we? How do we? How do we like get rid of that? That's awful. Um. Jeez. Um. I must have missed it. Thankfully. We're two days away, guys. If you saw, if somehow you saw No Way Home, don't don't ruin it. Um, yeah, I think next year when you just look into the like, the only thing we have positive is the draft, and then yeah, you're gonna want to watch the draft. But at the end of the day, like with this offensive play calling, the scheme, like there's just no reason to ever think that next season's gonna be any different than this season, and. That's the worst part about this is the fact that it, this, this season is just going to be a continuation next season. And you, if think, that's you actually case, think, Tim, you think Tim Kelly is going to be back next season, dude, have you seen, um, are you going to like, have you seen the way Coley comes out and talks about Tim Kelly? There is no way Tim Kelly's here next year. No way. Uh, yeah, uh, Patrick, I was actually going to get there, but I, I believe this theory 100%. He said, y'all aren't going to speak on the obvious vanilla way conservative weak play calling every one half of the game they play. We're literally tanking every second half by the offensive play calling. Great look at the game, especially the one Mills plays. Pat's game and Seattle game. Both games, Mills was super effective and efficient. One half of each of those games. Then the other half, the play calling was way off. Running the ball, etc. Tim never... Tim was never this bad at play calling when D4 was quarterback. Uh, he's not wrong. 
he's not wrong. If they're trying to hide the tank, they're not doing a very good job. You can't come out and be somewhat efficient and then out of nowhere be just complete dumpster juice. I mean, I just, I, regardless of anything, I just can't see them bringing Tim Kelly back next year. Like, he's the one coach that has to go. Dude, do you think they care <laughs> what we think? This Any of the fans a, think? This isn't even what, yeah, they obviously live in their own little bubbles, but I mean, just can they be that oblivious? It's not oblivious. I think they're just tanking. Because he's right. Like, they do, they do come out almost every game and look somewhat efficient. And then after the first quarter, or even even in the second quarter of this game, there was there were some times where it was like, oh, interesting, but they couldn't do it consistently. Then the second half came and everything just went haywire. Like, well, yeah, they don't make any adjustments. But that's not. But there's no way that they're doing that on purpose. I guess is what I'm saying. They're a coaching staff. They could be the worst coaching staff in the entire world but they still could make the minor adjustments that are needed. Seahawks were playing cover three zone all game and Mills for the first half was picking them apart in that zone. And then the Seahawks made no adjustments. They still played cover three throughout the second half. And all of a sudden Mills wasn't able to pick apart the zone. Well, they started to blitz them in the second half. Yeah, sure. But they also started to pick up some of those blitzes towards the end of the second half. And he still was not hitting the, the, uh, the open guy in the zone. I don't think it's far-fetched at all to say they're tanking. They're absolutely tanking. I think that they're tanking based on skill level of their players, but I don't think Tim Kelly would sacrifice his career to purposely lose games. If that's the objective coming down, I mean, we've all this, been there I, where, the, where, the, where the guy tells you to do something even though you don't want to, and because he's the boss, you you got to kind of do it. I mean, they're not going to sell on the team. Say, it's hey, like, we're tanking the whole season, and we're not even going to try at all in the game because you got guys that are trying to win. No, I no, I don't think that there's some conspiracy out there like that. They're it's purposely not a conspiracy. Co- it's that they're purposely calling bad plays to lose. Yeah, that's okay. a conspiracy. If they, if they win, if they win, what do they gain? Well. As a, what Chris Connolly put on it is for the players, they literally are what they put on tape. I don't care what so any that's of what, these players say or any of the coaches say. So they're all going to say that is their team. value. I think that they're just tanking because of incompetence. Like, I don't think that there's so few jobs in the NFL, there's so few opportunities to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL that you're not going to purposely go out there and call bad plays. He's just not capable of calling better plays. But yet we see them call better plays. Take the first six weeks of the season. His nickname was Tim Jelly. Six quarters. Six quarters, sorry. Either way, six quarters. You don't go from that and creativity to not being able to do the same thing. Like, you just can't. It's not incompetence. It's a choice. Like those first six weeks, remember, Twitter was on fire. Everybody was talking about Tim Kelly as an offensive coordinator. Everybody. 
and other teams and, made adjustments. After six weeks, six, six weeks of tape or six 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 quarters, there there was enough tape six to quarters. make adjustments. Yeah, no, that's all it took. No, because no, a lot of those case. things that they were talking about, the Texans still continue to do. They just don't do them effectively. Like they were essentially using one running back as a, they're bringing in two running back sets and using one as a, as a blocker. They were running two man routes. Like these weren't things that led to a lot of success. Consistently. Go back, go back to the first six quarters. Mm -hmm. How, how many times was Tyrod throwing the ball downfield? Quite a bit, right? Yeah, that's a, a, that is a good point. Okay. They were and actually how many has he point. since? They they don't never care. they don't yeah they don't okay then so I guess that's what I'm saying like they were taking they were doing all sorts of different things there were even plays where it was just like what like what what like there were a couple plays and I don't remember specifically but we were like um is this what what is this some very creative plays and then out of nowhere this vanilla shit just comes no i get what you're trying to say i just i don't i think that it's tim kelly just not being a capable coach okay so how about like last year last year when it was tim kelly as doc that was more deshaun that was all deshaun yeah so that was a lot more deshaun so the play call uh, how many deshaun. how many times would there how many times would a play break down play. and deshaun would make not nothing last year. out of yeah not even last, last year, year. Yeah. Not as much as you think. Yeah, it, it did dude. not happen as much as you think. Tim Tim Kelly was calling plays last year as soon as Bill O'Brien was fired. Yeah, and everything changed. The offense looked completely different. Whether yeah, the, the quarterback offense, was the same or the not, offense the offense looked offense better looked... last year when they stopped trying to run the ball. That was it. As soon as they stopped trying to run the ball and they were consistently in negative um, second and third down situations uh-huh. where they weren't gaining positive yards, because uh-huh. that's all running the ball was was a waste. Uh huh. Same. As that's it. Same this year, except this year they don't give up on running the ball. Last right. year they just gave up and let Deshaun do everything. No, see that's that's crazy. Why why would they do that? Like why would they just be like yeah Deshaun just go out there and draw it on your hand, just draw it no, on no, your no. hand. No no no, he wasn't calling the, the plays. Okay, he was just make, but he was making plays happen. He could buy okay. extra. T- so every positive extra time. play and every touchdown was Deshaun, not, not not the offensive coordinator in any form or fashion out of every single touchdown. They now, needed, now, it needed a quarterback. At, it needed a quarterback at that level. Because yeah, he is calling different types of plays this year, like just an obscene amount of screens. He's trying to do the exact same thing the Patriots are doing, except we don't have the we don't have the talent level to do it. Like if you look at what the Patriots game plan is versus Tim Kelly's, he's trying to mimic it. We just can't. So he was able to do it against the number one defense in the NFL against the Patriots, but was not able to do it against the Seahawks is what you're telling me. That's the incompetence, right? Yeah, that's the incompetence. So so, so a defense that is very good at disguising their coverage and scheme, probably better than any team in the NFL, the New England Patriots, he was able to shred them for 300 yards and put up points. But he was, and he wasn't incompetent, too incompetent to do that. But he's incompetent enough to not be able to do that against the Seahawks and every other bad team we've played this year. I mean, think about that, John. Like, seriously. Like, you're a very logical person. (laughs) 
Yeah, and logic doesn't say that he's calling bad plays on purpose. So you just knew how to call the right plays against the best defense in the league, but when it comes to these other ones, he gets really confused and just doesn't understand the game to be able to call plays? No, it's not about being confused. and It's overre- trying to overreact to things that they're trying to fix. He doesn't seem to think that the offensive line can hold up for more than two seconds. Like when you're throwing screen after screen after screen like that, they're trying to they're trying to take the pressure off the offensive line. Like they don't every time they don't push the ball down the field just as much because it's on the offensive line, just as much as it is with the play calling. Because when they do try and push the ball down the field, pressure's there. Like, and they don't actually have enough people to. They don't have enough weapons to actually make it worth it. And they they waste so many downs running the ball. Like I get what, y- what y'all are Which saying. Which was something like I, that he didn't do last season once Bill O'Brien was fired. Yeah. the, uh, the That was the first uh, thing he changed. The, uh, the passing versus rushing splits last year on the Texans were his most lopsided towards passing that we've ever had. And then so that, that was better for him and it worked. And he was like, you know what, though? This year, nope, I'm going back to running the ball. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense. That makes he he had the thought to change it because it didn't work. So he did. But now he doesn't understand that it doesn't work and he doesn't. Does that make sense? You're talking about incompetence. I guess that's why like you chose that word. And we're talking about, like you said, a coaching like a coaching job in the NFL is a rarity. Yeah. It's not something that could just happen. So you must not be too incompetent, right? Right. So you can make these changes this year as soon as Bill O'Brien gets fired because you knew that's what was not working. But this year, you can't. It's more... It is, you know, it is... It's on Tim Kelly because he's the offensive coordinator. Okay. But part of it also comes... It seems to also come from Cully where they are absolutely... They're going to have the running splits. Like that's the same reason that Joe Brady got fired is they wanted to run the ball more. I don't know. I actually disagree. I disagree with this. I actually think the offensive roster this year is better than last year. So Will Fuller got hurt. DeAndre wasn't on the team. You had Brandon cooks. Remember we had that white, wide receiver that everybody was in love with that came out of nowhere. Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen. You still had the same running backs. And this year you at least have Nico, you have Brevin. I would say Conley's better than the number two last year once Fuller went down. I, I think you have a better offensive roster this year. You just have don't have Deshaun. And I mean, and there's still, regardless of why, the play calling calling is trash. Uh, yeah, unless they're tanking, then it makes sense. It makes total sense. I, I don't see a reason for them to win this week. Uh, it's going to be hard for both teams to lose, and they're going to try. <laughs> they're they're going to both try. Um, but. 
I don't, it's gonna be like a Spider-Man meme where they where they point at each other because they both want to lose. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, man, pretty interesting to see what's going on with, over there with Will Fuller. I wonder if he was a part of uh, the ring, uh, the Deshaun Watson ring. Well, they sat him for mental reasons. Yeah, not even an injury, just mentally not there. Which I mean, mental health reasons is legitimate reasons, but it, it's just interesting. Like Will Fuller, I mean, it's one thing when he's maybe all the injuries are starting to bug him, but he's a, he was very talented, very cerebral. Like he he was part of the reason he was such a good fast receiver is he would have been a good receiver even if he wasn't fast as long as he stayed healthy. Just his his way of running routes. So it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, 61 yard field goal by Kaimi Fairbairn. Okay. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, Probably. it's a field goal. The touchdown to Nico was good. Um, I guess that's really about it. I don't really have anything else to talk about about this game I, I really have nothing else this season is over yeah it's it's over there there's nothing to look forward to um yeah this season is let's just get through these last what is it three games four games four games yeah let's get this shit over with quick opening I mean, drive was hot it's, it's almost like we're just watching We'll be watching the other teams. Um, at least Kruger. Yeah, at least it's not as bad as we expected. I, I thought it was going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, they said it's just a just a sprain, so that he may potentially even play this weekend, which is kind of crazy because the way he was getting carted off and you know spending time with Easterby, it's like, oh, what? Is, like, can we talk about that horrible person real quick? I mean, honestly, what a snake. Like, a true snake. The fact that he walked over to Gruger Hill while he was hurt to console him and make sure he was okay. Like, dude, honestly, that was probably one of the most sickening things I've ever seen as a human being. Uh, the Really, honestly, the testicle fortitude or the testicular fortitude or whatever the word is that Jack Easterby has to think that he can go place his healing hand on Gruger Hill like that and, and, and take him into consideration and really, really care about the player as a human is fucking sickening. I never want to see anything like that ever again on the sideline. That was the grossest thing I've ever seen. And, 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 And we have a quarterback who has sexual assault allegations. So, I mean, yeah, Jack. I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on over there with Jack. That that was. Uh, whew, I almost broke you know, my TV. Uh, and you know, people are legitimately upset about that. Yeah, I know because they're freaking idiots. Like I get it. Like I, I totally understand the Easter B saga and the issues, and be mad at him. Or honestly, I don't understand being mad at him. I understand being mad at Cal for hiring him. I don't understand being mad at Easter B because every single person. Uh, every single person in the chat on Twitter, 
the world, right, has taken a job that they are not qualified for or will eventually in their life take a job they are not qualified for if they're offered it. And if somebody offered me Jack spot, and I have no football anything except for a podcast for five years, I would take that job without hesitation. And you'd see me floating around Houston like I was the greatest thing in the world. And I would give a fuck what anybody thought about me. Because as a man and a husband and a father, my goal is to take care of my family. And if somebody offers me $5 million a year to do such thing, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that job. So I guess I just don't understand the hate Easterby gets. I feel like it all should go to Cal for hiring him in the first place. No, I mean, if you're going to be mad at anybody and being mad at Cal. 100%. Def- definitely agree. Um, the Easterby situation is... It's awkward. It's definitely awkward. Um, but at the same time, it's not unprecedented. And that's one of the things about Easterbees. Like they show all those videos, and part of me is just like, like he's just a normal preacher. That, you know, like that's how they all sound. Like, do I like Easterbee? No, but. Cal's the one that hired him. Cal's the one that determined that he had worth. And I guess it's just because we can't get rid of Cal, so we're hoping that he'll get rid of Easterby. So weird. It's such a weird dynamic. I mean, it's just tough because we... It legitimately sometimes feels like us as fans care more about the team than the people that that own it. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Um Hey, but at, at least we're not the Jags and have uh, Urban Meyer um, <laughs> as our head coach, right? I- I'll take Coley over Urban Meyer, it sounds like. You know, we knew that was going to be a disaster, and I'm glad it's been even worse than everybody predicted. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going exactly how I expected. Oh, to sit oh. up there and be like, you're not a winner and call all of his coaches out like that? Like, dude... Yeah, I, I just like Urban Meyer is uh, just a. I think he's trying to get fired. Maybe. Well, he's not getting the USC job, so uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll get a job. But some people are just meant to coach kids and young adults, young, young, young adults, and then there are some who are meant to coach men. Urban Meyer is not a guy that's meant to coach men. He he treats it exactly like he treated everything in college. And you just can't these guys have families. Like they're they're just they're making a shit ton of money. Their priorities are totally different. Like their their personalities, who they are as a person as they've grown from college. Like you might be able to get away with some of that with the rookies, but the rest of those guys in the locker room are just gonna look at you and laugh. And that's literally what they're doing which is fucking crazy and awesome at the same time. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely here for the Jaguars being continuing to be a disaster. Yeah. However, it's one of those. It's like, we want them to get, didn't, didn't we just decide we wanted them to get their, their shit together for one weekend. 
I don't know who can like honestly, like who's gonna shit the bed the most. I, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you have a more talented quarterback in Lawrence, right? So you would think that Lawrence has the edge, but he's been pure shit this year. Yeah, um, which I they expected. are absolute. They are not developing him. Like no. He's he's a he really is as good as a prospect as you could have, but you still have to develop a prospect. Just because you're a good prospect doesn't mean you're a good quarterback. 100%. And wow, he's. I mean, I'm all I'm again. I'm all here for them ruling him as a quarterback, and he never turns into a good quarterback. Like I'm all about that. But this year, especially, it's just it's been tough. Like. People try and say, hey, well, look at what Peyton Manning did. He threw all these interceptions. Yeah, well, Peyton Manning, you also had the stats around him, like depth of target, how many touchdowns he threw. Well, you also had the plays where you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's that's right. That's why. uh, Okay. Yep. Makes total sense. I'll live with the interceptions because he's going to clean that up. Yeah. Where Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it's been painful to watch him. He got he got crowned way too early in my opinion. Yeah. Way way too early. I think I yeah. I I think I've been pretty on point with that from the beginning before he was even drafted. I've I've never thought he was going to be a top tier NFL quarterback. Uh, Joe Burrow definitely has more upside than Trevor Lawrence. But I'm a Burrow fan, so look at that. Patty's in the Patty little Patty. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I wonder who wins this week. I'm going to give I, it to the Jags. Well, actually, I'm going to give it to the Texans. I think they're going to accidentally win. You think accidentally going to win? <laughs> yeah. I think the Jaguars are just that much of a fucking mess that the Texans are going to accidentally win. Yeah. I mean, their players seem to be actively trying to get their coach fired. I mean, I wish our ours would as well. But definitely with the Jaguars, it seems like their players want the coach gone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, almost 100%. I feel like their coaching staff wants their head coach gone. <laughs> and that means that the coaching staff is going to be gone too, but they don't give a shit. They're like, <laughs> get me out of here. I don't you care. Know, you know, after just getting publicly hum- humiliated by him? like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, that's really about it. Hey, we got, we, got, uh, we got two days till No Way Home. Are you are you going to see it Thursday? Right, you got I, uh, tickets. Seven fifty five. Seven fifty five. I'm going at four thirty. Um, super excited. I've tried to steer clear of whatever I can. I did see the Jimmy Kimmel extended trailer. Um, I'm excited. Well, okay, so let's give predictions. Uh, so that way we can come back next week and talk about it because <laughs> let, let, let's let's talk about. No way home, and what our expectations are. So, who dies? Somebody's gonna die. Is it Happy? Is it Aunt May? Or is it MJ? I don't even know to tell you. You the have truth. to guess, okay? Can we make? If I'm sense? guessing, it's we... gonna be hap- It's gonna be Happy, just because he's been around for so long. You can't kill John Favreau off. He just lost Iron Man. It's Aunt you May. Know? It's Aunt May. Aunt May, really? Okay. Aunt May. Aunt May. Aunt May dies. Yeah. Well, there's going to be three more movies. You got to remember that. Yep. They signed them up for another, essentially another trilogy. 
but you got to he's got to turn into adulthood now he, he he's he's going to college like he can't he can't just be a kid it's, it, there's no way it's mj because zendaya's a star they're not going to write her off um but that's she's like a, she's a big that's part. the big thing that makes spider-man spider-man was um the original one and i mean they tried to do it in amazing spider-man they did a great job in amazing spider-man yeah. in my opinion with gwen stacy but there's no gwen stacy in this universe it's all it's all mj preach like so it would make sense for her to die because it just matches that character that 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 arc i guess or she forgets who he is maybe like there's got to be a reset there it can't it can't it can't be zendaya dude it can't there's just no way not yet their chemistry really just started last movie if you think about it yeah no the first movie there wasn't much she was kind of just a character right and then second movie she plays a pretty big part now there are a couple i just can't see them doing that yet like i just it's zendaya bro like she has such a tie to disney as well like that's where she came up i i I can't it's strangely it's one of those where i think she was almost i hate to say miscast because she's done a great job oh my god yes but she is absolutely a star she does steal every screen scene that she's in every scene and she should almost yeah she should almost have like she should have been something where she could be more featured. And I think you're right. I don't think that they, like, that's not my gut. My gut doesn't say that they kill her because you keep her around somehow. But if you like, just go like typical story arc with Spider-Man, his love interest dies. Like that's what brings him into adulthood. Yeah. And you've got to keep Aunt May around. She's got to marry Doc Ock and they just introduced Doc Ock. Like that's the thing. Like Doc Ock, May gets gets married like i know disney the the uh, marvel universe could actually pull that off like and make it seem pretty cool but i honestly like even watching the trailers i have no idea what to expect with this movie it's just absolutely bonkers does venom make an appearance maybe in one of the uh end credits one of the yeah one of the stingers so did you see venom 2 yet uh yes okay so he 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 made it into there with the end credits i don't know if they would waste another post credit scene on him unless they introduce sinister six and he's a part of that that's the only way i can see them tying in venom i don't know i it's strange because venom and spider-man are so intertwined Right. Or supposed to be so intertwined. But actually, Venom, this version of Venom works without Spider-Man. 100%. So, they're not great movies, but they're good movies. They're they're entertaining. Like, yeah, they work. Yeah. I'll watch them if they come on. Yeah. Deadpool shows up, I'm flipping out. Yeah. Hands down, I am flipping out. <laughs> Deadpool might be my favorite MCU character. So if Ryan Reynolds shows up as Deadpool, I'm one, going to get pregnant. By Ryan Reynolds looking at me. Um, two, I'm going to be extremely excited that Deadpool and Spider-Man are even con- conversating at that point. That would be awesome, but I don't think Deadpool shows up. Well, Daredevil is Daredevil showing up? Yeah, Charlie Cox is like in he's this. he's been 
Charlie Cox has been confirmed as being cast as Daredevil. No, he's in the trailer. So he is in the trailer? Yeah, he's in the trailer for one scene at the uh at the uh at the police station. Okay. Is Kingpin going to be in it? So, I don't know. I'm starting to connect the dots, but I'm assuming the Rolex and Hawkeye is the Kingpins. And tomorrow a new Kingpin or a new Hawkeye comes out, which is the day yeah. before Spider-Man comes out. So, I think that they might introduce Kingpin tomorrow on Hawkeye. Yeah. I think that it- I think that tomorrow's episode of Hawkeye is actually important to watch before you go see Spider-Man. I would agree. Like, not not a necessity, but just one of those things that will help with the universe building. Yeah, Darian, I was saying Charlie Cox. That's the name of the actor that plays Matt Murdock. Um, yeah. Um, but I think, I, I think that'd be crazy. Kingpin, to me, has to be introduced into a Spider-Man movie. He has to be part of it. Because I love... I think Kingpin and I think Kingpin and Spider-Man one it hasn't been done yet and two with their stories just in the comics are they're they're intertwined for almost all of the comics um and he was such a great Kingpin in the Daredevil series. Yeah. Um the Daredevil series as a whole was just great. Um I'm so glad that that they're going to do that again, but um yeah, I don't know. Um does when Ned you get... turn into Hobgoblin? No, really? Does he? I'm asking. Why would Ned turn into Hobgoblin? Did you see he shaved his head? No. Well, yeah. I didn't uh, see that. Yeah, he shaved his head. Huh. I need to pay more attention to these trailers. Yeah. But still, that... I mean, maybe. because Hobgoblin hasn't he... been in it at all ever in any of them and there's no harry osborne and right and there's no harry and green goblin's showing up in this one right so yeah darian says that ned does turn into hobgoblin he hasn't seen it he's he's guessing he's just guessing yeah he's just i mean those are the type of story beats that you need for spider-man but it's gonna be it'll seem like it'll be just that would be such a reach. But again, with this movie and just all the craziness that's going to happen, maybe. People are crying at the pre- at their uh, pre- premiere. Yeah, I read that. Like, pe- I've read one paragraph and then I decided I'm not going to read the review. Like, I don't even want to know if it's good or bad. Yeah. But the one paragraph pretty much said that, yeah. It's killing all of, like, I think it has 100% score on, on Rotten Tomato, which is just unheard of. Wow, um, I'm definitely ready to th- for Thursday, dude. Me too. I'm so excited. I, it's going to be an amazing movie. It it, it uh, just has to be, and it just yeah. what a way to kick off like with Doctor Strange, Madness of the Multiverse coming in April, and just everything else. It's oh yeah. Hey, let's talk about that. That's kind of weird. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, Hop is weird as fuck for <laughs> one to be naked with his uncle. Yeah, this is... dude. This is just another scenario where Bill O'Brien was right yet again. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, I think we're going to be able to write a book at some point and be like, wow, Bill O'Brien. We're just going to call it Bill O'Brien was right. Yeah, I mean, the rumor was part of the reason that Hop was moved on from with the uh, Texans. 
I mean, everybody remembers the baby mama comment, but it was um, his lifestyle, I guess. They were afraid it was going to influence Deshaun. Yep. Well, after hearing that rumor and then seeing those legitimate texts. Yep. I, wow. Some nasty boys on this Texans teams. Dude. Like, and that, I mean, did you see all the messages that she had? Oh, like, yeah. Not just from, like, I read pages them all. and that, pages. That was like the one like, time dude. I read uh, Total Sports Online or what, or BSO, whatever that is, uh, Robert, whatever, the Black Sports Online, I think is what it's called. Robert Littal. He only does, like, TMZ-worthy stuff on uh, – um, on it. John, did you freeze? I think he did freeze. Oh, okay. Damn, you did a really good job of not moving at all. My <laughs> God, that was scary as shit. Um, yeah, he does like TMZ stories for sports. Um, but yeah, I, I read that whole thing. I was like, yo, that's wild. Very Earl Thomas-esque. I, it just, I don't know. Why? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, next thing you know, we're going to find out JJ was doing something. Yeah. I mean, at this, at this rate, would anybody be surprised? Honestly, I wouldn't, but there hasn't been any stories about JJ. Like Like we're going to find out like JJ likes to get like rammed by women. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, would you, I mean, I mean, honestly, at this point, like nothing would surprise me. It wouldn't shock me and whatever people want to do. It's just it, the reason that I found the Hopkins. <laughs> the reason that I found the Hopkins was just like because of the all the smoke around all the other stories about why yeah. he was moved on. Yeah. So that's why it was intriguing to me. I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I don't get it, but whatever. But dude, at this point. Nothing would surprise me. I mean, there used to be well, actually, there used to be rumors that JJ. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not even going. No, there. what was it? No, go there. No, you can't no, do no, that, no. I, dude. I, I no, you can't I'm not do going. that. Yeah, I, I am. I'm just stopping. That JJ liked men. Yeah. Yeah. That that I, I still believe that. I still 100 percent believe that. And that would be like the greatest. Like I hope he comes out at Canton, like while he's like getting his coat, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I love dudes." Be like the most awesome Hall of Fame announcement ever. <laughs> JJ comes that, out. <laughs> would that change your opinion on him? No, you're not. not you're not a big JJ guy. I'm not. I mean, I, I, I probably, I, I probably like, I probably make fun of him for doing that. I'd be like, yo, <laughs> what, what a bitch to go your entire life, and like you couldn't even own it early on. Like, what a, what a bitch. You're still gonna say he's a little extra doing that. Yeah, exactly. He did it for attention again. It's like let, <laughs> let let everybody let everybody talk about JJ Watt some more. Now now we're going to talk about his career as the best homosexual football player in the history of the NFL. Like yeah, I don't know. My uncle has always thought from the moment he was drafted that that was the case. I mean, I know he's married, but that happens. I mean, uh, yeah. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what about uh, Hawkeye? You caught up? Yeah, dude, that's like such it. a good show. It really is. It really is. I, I'm surprised at how good it is. I am too. Um, I, am too. I mean, it was a 
It's better than it Captain. Mar- it's better than Winter Soldier and Falcon. Yeah, I think so. I I know it's a little bit more straightforward, but it's it's actually really good. I, I'm surprised that at the uh, chemistry the two Hawkeyes have. Yeah. Um, I'm just actually I I thought Hawkeye as a character was kind of boring. And no, like, like he he's, seems really grounded. There's a, like enough there that it's like, what's going on? Um, I'm actually reading the Hawkeye comic books to my son now for his bedtime stories because he loves Hawkeye. That's granted, cool. granted, forewarning for anybody wanting to do that, like those comics are actually PG are probably PG thirteen, like. It's a little bit more over the top than I expected, so I have to like skip a bunch of pages. So I don't necessarily recommend it, but it's actually a really good, really good comic that they've based it off. And there's more questions I now have about the show that I don't know how much of like the comic version of Hawkeye, you know, but they have so many like Easter eggs like in the show that I just I wasn't aware of until I started reading it. And then I also think it's cool that it's actually like ultra tough scene. He he points out how they show him as a guy, just like how beat up he gets, like how he lost his hearing. He's got like wine packs strapped all over himself. Like, dude, it's an awesome show. Yeah, it's a really good show. Um, what about uh, the fact that I, and I don't know if they actually moved on from her yet, but uh, uh, Shuri from Black Panther uh, I think Marvel moved on from her because she was Pretty so sure she anti- just got fired. Yeah, because she was anti-vax, right? Yep. They yeah, she, didn't, she didn't like the vaccine. She wouldn't mandate. be allowed. She wouldn't be allowed on set without getting vaccinated. And part of it was with the traveling. And since she couldn't be on set, like she literally fumbled the, ba- the bag. Like her, her character in the comic book actually becomes Black Panther. Yeah, I know. Like she had that in front of her. Like she was yep. gonna be Black Panther. Well, I don't you think know she's that's going what they're to. gonna do. No, so from what I've read, and it came out like two weeks ago that um what's her name is uh pregnant with T'Challa's kid. And that they're gonna introduce him in Black Panther two. What? Wait, who? Yeah. Uh his girlfriend in the movie. Yeah. They, she's pregnant with T'Challa's child. Huh. And he's going to be the Black Panther. Okay. There's also stuff going around so that Michael a... B. Jordan might come back as Killmonger now that the multiverse is open. Yeah. And actually take that. I'm all for that. Yeah. Killmonger's a great... Killmonger's a, a really he great should, character. He should have never died. That was too no. soon in Black Panther. For he, There's so many things he could have done in the MCU. So I, I don't see how he dies. It's, I'm telling you, it's going to be crazy because now that the once everything's open, like there's literally just like infinite possibilities of what they can actually do with these movies moving forward. It literally opens up everything. Anything yeah. you thought wasn't possible is now possible. So I'm sure next week after uh, we accidentally beat the Jags, we'll talk probably more <laughs> uh, about uh, about. Um, Oh, what's this? Grace Rudolph reported that a major villain was secretly cast in the MCU recently. My bet is either Magneto or Doom. I believe it is Magneto. 
um, if I remember, and I believe it is uh, the Magneto from First Class, who was a fantastic. I, I really? thought he was a fantastic Magneto. Uh, Fast Fastbender. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Michael Fastbender is that his name? He, he's a great actor. Yeah, like dude, he he Magneto was the best part about those movies. Like he did a really really good job with him. Hundred percent. I don't know. I, I, I like those movies. I mean, some the last of them one sucked, but yeah, some of them were really good. Um, Days of Future Past was really, really good. Uh, First Class was really good. The Logan movie, one Fantastic. of my favorite superhero. Yeah, one of my favorite superhero movies, bar none. Fantastic. So, so supposedly he comes back. They're gonna have Hugh Jackman come back. Supposedly. I mean, I just, again, you're right. Any anything they want to do, they can. I I was I'm interesting because I thought they were going to go like younger, but oh, that would be something. Chris Evans comes back. So they casted. Four. So supposedly they casted uh, Fantastic Four. I did see that, um, and it's a pretty cool casting. Rumored Fantastic Four cast. I, I believe. Yeah, no, no, no. Where's that? Where's that? Oh man, it was recent. Uh, Seth Rogen plays the thing. I know that. Yeah, okay. So Ben Grimm is played by Seth Rogen. Kirsten Bell is uh, playing Sue Storm. Chase Stokes, I have no idea who he is. Johnny Storm, and then Glenn Howerton is Reed Richards. I don't know any of those people other than Kirsten Bell and Seth Rogen. Okay, we'll see. Seth Rogen as as the thing is awesome. I think that's a perfect casting if that does happen. Because he's got the dry humor that would go extremely well with being the thing. That's Fantastic Four is one of those properties that I actually know very little about. Like, I can't even remember the movies. Oh, really? I just watched them. And I, I will say this. Marvel usually nails their casting. Yeah, I can't. I, I think we've had this conversation before, but I can't think of, I can't think of one movie where I said to myself, "That's the wrong person to play that character." Even when you sometimes feel that way a little bit, they always make it up. The only one I don't like is Selma Hayek in The Eternals. That's it. I, I had no problem with that. I just didn't think she was very good, but yeah. I mean... Doom would be great, though. Doom or Magneto. Either way, yeah. Magneto would be awesome. No shit. You're probably right. Dom Toretto shows up and... <laughs> <laughs> it's about family. That's right. You know? Just... Uh, just yeah. bust on through a portal. Uh, all right. Well, uh, with that being said, we gave you guys the normal 20 to 30 minutes of MCU talk that we've been giving you guys recently. Uh, we recap Might even be more next week. Oh, no. I Honestly, guys, I, I'm going to be honest with you. It, it, I'll probably go see Spider-Man No Way Home again Tuesday just so it can be fresh in my head um, because I'm so excited about this movie and we're playing the damn Jaguars. Just watch, the movie, something. just watch the movie again instead of going to the game. Yeah, no. Right? 100 percent 
I think we were trying. We were thinking about going to a drive-in for the to see it again. No kidding. Is there even a drive-in nearby? Yeah, there's Starlight. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we gave you a breakdown of this uh, the, the this amazing game against the Seattle Seahawks and blah blah blah. We fought over Davis Mills and how John thinks that Tim Kelly's just incompetent in every manner, and I think that they're tanking. Um, <laughs> And that's about it. So with that being said, I hope all of you enjoy No Way Home Weekend. Uh, Enjoy Tom Holland and everybody else in this movie. It should be fantastic. Um, And I hope you guys enjoy the time with your family that you get to go see this with. And with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. I will catch you guys next week along with John.